at the beginning of this uh, year, not the semester, that's right now, but at the beginning of the academic year, back in August, uh, I get the privilege of selecting a verse of the year uh, for us, and the Lord led my heart to a, a chapter in the book of Psalms, Psalm 16, and to a specific verse within that psalm. Uh, you will remember this verse, and may even remember it in Spanish, because we've gone over it uh, in English and Spanish several times last semester, is Psalm 16:8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Uh, You know just as well as I do, because you haven't been living under a rock, that these last couple of years have been incredibly shaking to, to... the human experience. Uh, And when we looked at this verse, when we looked at this passage of Scripture back in August, what I laid before you was this hopefully comforting uh, truth that what shakes us, and there is much that shakes us, what shakes us doesn't shake Him, doesn't shake God. And if we keep our eyes always on Him, then we will discover that He indeed is at our right hand, and He will bring us peace that surpasses understanding, and we will not be shaken. I'm reintroducing this verse to you, one, just because it continues to be our verse of the year, but I'm also excited that our guest speaker this morning uh, has selected this text um, as a starting place for his sermon. And so uh, he's going to come in a moment and share on this verse, and so I wanted to at least uh, kind of remind you that this is where we started back in August, and and this still remains a foundational verse for us this year at Sterling College. Uh, And I'm, I'm excited that the Lord led uh, Pastor Stephen Bishop um, to this verse as well uh, to share with us this morning. So uh, Stephen is the lead pastor at Generations Church, uh, which is in Andover, Kansas, just outside of Wichita. Uh, He has been serving at that church since 2008. He's been serving as the lead pastor of that church since 2017. Um, I got connected with Stephen about a year, year and a half ago, and I invited him to come to chapel almost a year ago. It was like early February uh, 2021 uh, that Stephen came, and it was, I think, one of the best chapels that we had uh, that semester a year ago, and so I knew I had to have him again. Uh, I'm thrilled that he's here this morning. He's brought along again with him a friend of his. Uh, Jesse Jamerson is his youth pastor at Generations Church. Uh, Jesse's been there since 2018. Uh, um, Stephen came on staff and then uh, hired and convinced Jesse to come and serve there, Uh, and I am thrilled that he is uh, with us here today. So can we give a warm Sterling College welcome to Stephen Bishop? Well, good morning. Can I say it one more time? Good morning. Hey, I want to let you know for me uh, personally that uh, I'm very interactive when it comes to uh, preaching uh, as, as, it, as it is unto the Lord. But before we get started, would you bow your heads and pray with me before we get started? Father, I thank you for this amazing time. I know today is not a coincidence because there's no coincidence in the kingdom. Lord, this day was written in the books of your children according to Psalm 139, God. And so, Father, today, may we have a heart of expectancy for you to speak to us and through us. Lord, today is a a chance, an opportunity for us to have a supernatural display of your power working through us, God. So today, Lord, let it be so. We give you the room. We give you this time. And the people said, amen. Hey, listen, uh, Pastor, um, the chaplain, however way that you want to say it, um, has introduced me. But before we go any further than that, I want to make sure that I understand that Sterling Colleges exist to develop creative and thoughtful leaders who understand a maturing in the Christian faith. What happened in 2019 was an example of why we need to be maturing in our Christian faith. 
why we need to be maturing in our Christian faith. So with that being said, I need you to connect with me and find out who I am before I can go any further. Because sometimes we listen to people off the streets. We listen to other men and women of God. We listen to other people. But here's where I am. I am the lead pastor of Generations Church, but I didn't come in that capacity. I came as a sent one from the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent me from Andover to here to deliver a word for you for this for the second cha- uh, chapel. Um, I am a father of two. I'm married. I've been married for 25 years. I've, I'm a father of two college students, one graduating at the, in May, and the other one has graduated and on her way to med school here within the next year, uh, within the next year or so. I spent 24 years in the Air Force. I traveled all over the world. I've been to third world countries. I've been to <laughs> some other countries that we prefer not to go to, and I've been to South America, Panama, Brazil you name it, I've been there. There's probably only really been two countries that I've not really laid foot in, and that's actually three, Russia, China, and Egypt. But because of that, I've gotten to see that America is a place where I call home, and I'm proud to call it home. So I have seen a little bit of life. So what I want to talk to you about today that I really feel that the the Lord wanted me to share with you today, it comes from your foundational verse, and that verse reads this. It says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. But I want to read a couple of other versions because here we, we can understand that we read it from the first part, but what does it really mean to me? I have to read it a couple of times in a couple of different versions to see if I can get the full content of what the Lord is saying. In the, um, in the Message Bible, it says this, the wise counsel God gives when I'm awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night, I'll stick with God. I got, I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting it go. In another version, in the Passion Translations, it says this. It says that the way, of you, the way you counsel me makes me praise you more. To your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. And finally, the last version in the NIV version, it says this. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart, uh, my heart instructs me. I've got a thought. And it comes from this scripture. It says, as long as is day, we must do the works of him who sent me because night is coming where no man can work. In 2019, and all of this stuff started, it began to shake the body of Christ. It began to shake the people who had no foundation. We began to scurry and try to find out, Lord, who am I? Or if you're not a believer, you started reaching out to your friends and going, what is going on? But the Lord had given me a word in January of of 2019, and he said something like this, and maybe you can understand it, but it's not a word that I would use. And so I knew it was from the Lord, and he didn't say it just one time. He said it with such a force that I knew that he was speaking. He said something like this. He said, he said, I catastrophic intensity is the propensity for change. Catastrophic intensity is the propensity for change. And the word came with so much force that I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to write this down. And so when I wrote it down, the Lord said, I want you to tell them, thus says the Lord. I began to back up. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, wait a minute. 
I'm not ready to say that. He said, but I am saying it to you. So this came before COVID. So I looked up all the words and I wrote them down, catastrophic, propensity. But what the Lord was saying is that in this, in this catastrophic intensity, it causes something to shift. It causes something to shift. It causes my people to start to wake up and understand something. And so with all of that being said, I, I had to process those words. And I'm asking you to process those words because that words, when sometimes when someone speaks, it goes from just hearing to penetrating their heart and saying, man, there's something about that that's moving. It's don't worry. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's awakening the spirit man that's inside of you. The Lord is for us. He is for us. He's for us. He wants us to realize that he didn't wake up yesterday and think that COVID was going to happen. He knew. He knows and he shares with his children these things that are coming. And so because of that, he's asking us, are you going to rely on what you are hearing in the world? Or are you going to come and ask me what I'm doing? So what we're, what we're trying to figure out now is how do you see it? How do you see what's going on right now? We've come out of 2019. We've been through 2020. We've been through uh, 2021. How do you see it? And at this point, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Where are you getting your information? We have to look at our lens we have to look at what we are looking through and the lens that we're looking through right now. And let me give you a hint. If it's CNN, Fox News, NBC, or ABC, the lens is cloudy, foggy, or skewed at best. It's the inner media that's speaking propaganda to direct you in the path that's not the right direction that he's causing or calling you to go in. This message, it might not be fluffy with pancakes and syrup, but what I, I, what I feel that the Lord is asking from you at Sterling College and the message that he's asking me to deliver you today is quite serious. He's chosen you. You, you, you made it through 19, 20, 21, and now are in 22 because you are a chosen people. <laughs> I was preparing for the message, and he said, Stephen, he said, John the Baptist, he didn't make it to this point. Elijah or any of the other ones, he said, we have chosen you to be this generation. I don't know about you, but we could have been born at any one time in this process, but now we are, we've been born. Listen, I said I'm participatory. So if you hear that and it's sounding off in your heart, you're, you're, you can say amen if you want to. Or you can say, hey, that's good. Come with it. Come with it. Because I'm going to say what the Lord is wanting me to say, whether you say that or not. I'm on an assignment. I'm on an assignment. I'm on an assignment. I'm a sent one. And I, I'm not here necessarily to make friends. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. He said that. Sometimes we still think baby Jesus is still 
on the throne. He's looking for a living sacrifice where he can reside. He's looking for someone that'll do heaven's bidding. He wants someone who's in constant communion with him. He said, listen, the bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? He said, I'm looking for somebody that'll apply that and not just wear the bracelet. This is a time of action and a time of participation for the people of God like never before. Now, you are a college, and one of the things that I'd heard in the Spirit a long time ago is that the highest form of knowledge is application. See, we come to college and we are filled with knowledge, but it isn't until we step into it that we are, we are actually doing what we've learned. A doctor is not a doctor until he's practicing. A dentist might have a diploma, but he's never pulled a tooth. And I pray for the person who gets that first opportunity, but I'm saying the highest form of knowledge is application. So these couple of points that I want to bring up to you today, I want you to take them to heart. Because I feel like the Spirit of the Lord wants you to hear that. This is a Christ-centered university, and they want to give everybody an opportunity to have a collision with King Jesus. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Hey, the title of my presentation message, however way you want to say it today, is Overcome to Overthrow. Overcome to Overthrow. Here's, here's what this means. You made it through 2021, but he's looking for an atmosphere shift for you to overthrow. In that, in the, in that mindset, it means that I'm, I'm, I'm fighting from a position of victory, not a victim. Listen, when you know who you are in him, you know that you've read the end of the book and we when? If you knew, and I know I've got some players in here, I've got some athletes in here. I, listen, if you knew that you, every time you stepped on the field, you were going to win, would you play differently? Would you think differently? You would be out there going, you know what? I'm going to win. So your excitement would be different. But see, we walked into 2022, and the Lord is saying, listen, I need you to go from just overcoming to overthrow. I want you to walk into 2022 knowing that the victory is already yours and you need to posture yourself for victory. My first point is offense versus defense. Like I said before, with a show of hands, are there any athletes out there? Holy smokes, you understand. You understand. When the fourth quarter comes, the person who didn't do the leg lifts and the wind sprints can't win. Anybody watch the uh, last NCAA title game? Hey, it was whoever had the guts to finish is who won that game. Offense versus defense. Offense says I'm taking it to him. Defense says I'm trying to defend something. Can I tell you that the overthrow that the Lord is talking about now, he says, I need you to go on offensive. Oh, mm. listen, when you walk into a place as a son and daughter of the most high God, 
atmosphere has to shift and yield to who you are because of the identity and who you are in him. When you walk in that, things change. But if you go into a place thinking that you're a victim and, and not a victor, then nothing's going to change. Overthrow. Offense versus defense. God said that you made the cut. There was a lot of losses in 2021. A lot of people lost their life. And that could have been any one of us. It could have been any one of us, but he chose us. And I need you to understand that you have been chosen for the offensive move for 2022. This is what's going to happen. You can mark my words. You can put this on recording. You can go back and look at it. God is going to reveal himself in 2022 like never before. He is going to manifest himself, and people are going to go, oh my goodness, what am I seeing? And you're going to see a manifestation of God like you've never seen before. And people are going to say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Because let me give you another hint. You are the sons and daughters. You're the ones that are going to manifest his presence. You're the ones that are going to manifest his presence. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes 3, 2, it says, there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Paul, Paul the apostle Paul, asked, asked us to be a living sacrifice. With a show of hands, who knows what it means to be a living sacrifice? Any hands? What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Quick, did I see, I saw some, some hands. That means that I'm walking, but the life that I live is not my own. That means that I'm out here trying, uh, I'm listening from what heaven is saying and whatever heaven's saying, I'm doing. Paul made another statement. Maybe um, this might help. He says in, in Philippians 1, Philippians 1, 21 um, and 26, he says, for me to live in Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yes, what shall I choose? I do not know. I, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body, convinced of this, that I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for the progress and the joy in the faith so that through me, my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on an account of me. Paul said, if I die, I win. And if I stay, I win. I want you to think about that. If you die going out for Christ, you win. If you stay here talking about him, you win. I want to know in your walk with him, are you talking about him? Are you making people thirsty? Are you making people hungry? 
to know him? Is your life a display of who he is in you? I'm just asking because you have this. We're just walking into this year. This is your second chapel. He's looking for a living sacrifice. He's looking for someone to be a supernatural display of his power working, walking here on the earth. Jesus was our example. He was our example. Listen, I don't know what side, and I'm, 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 can I get crunchy for a second? You guys are real, right? I can get crunchy for a second. Listen, I don't know what side of the election you were on. I don't, and it really doesn't matter. Because here's the deal. The minute that we choose sides, we cause division. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. And here's the deal. Whenever, anytime we put whatever politics in front of us, we fog the lens on our, on our foundational scripture. Because we say that Christ is before us. We say that God is at our right hand. We are looking through the lens of Jesus Christ, but then all of a sudden something comes up and we go, well, I'm, I'm standing over here, brother. I'm, well, I'm standing over here, sister. And Jesus said, mm, they're dividing again. They're dividing again, and the enemy is winning. He's not coming for division. He's coming to take over. I want to bring up another point, offense versus defense, in the scripture where it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword of division between belief and unbelief. I need you to understand something. The, the, the belief and unbelief, Again, baby, it's not baby Jesus anymore. He's coming with the sword. I need you to understand something. You know, love, peace, joy, those are all a part of it. But now there's been a line divided where there's believers and unbelievers. There's people that are for him. Jesus said either you are gathering with me or you're dividing. He didn't say there was a gray area. But the devil says that there's a gray area and he owns the fence. So you've also heard, and maybe you haven't, but if you're lukewarm for Jesus, he's going to spit you out. There's, a, there's decisions, offense, defense. There's decisions that have to be made by you this year, what will you decide? He's providing an opportunity. He said that his sheep know his voice and another they will not follow. Fire versus embers, my next point, fire versus embers. You know, um, in 2 Timothy verse 1, verse 6, it says this. Um, this is Paul talking uh, to Timothy. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, the inner fire, the special endowment which is in you through the laying on of hands with those of the elders at your ordination. 
I take some assumptions with this scripture to say that at one point in time, Timothy was ablaze for Jesus. He was. But something had caused it to go into an ember. Some of us in here are embers, and he's wanting to fan the flames. You're the chosen generation. He's wanting to fan the flames. And whatever that takes, we need to do it. And sometimes that's going to be come in the chapel where iron and sharpens irons, where, where swords are clanging, where I saw a man Mondays where you guys are coming together. You're going to have to come together and fight for the flame. You're going to have to come and fight for the flame. It is not just going to be handed to you. You have got to fight for the flame. <laughs> Does everybody remember when, oh, I'm just, how do I ask this? Do you remember those who are followers? Do you remember when you gave your life to Jesus? Do you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Just participatory. Raise your hand. You remember? Can I say something? Jesus is experiential. Jesus is experiential. When I married my wife in March the 9th, I was there. She was there. It was experiential. Something happened. When I, when I was at my both children's birth, when they were coming in the world, it's experiential. I was there. Something happened. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't remember the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ and he came in to be Lord over your life and you didn't have an experience with Jesus, you might just be dating Jesus, but you don't belong to Jesus. See, I, 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 I'm, I'm very serious about this. Um, I had given an example to the church not too long ago that this is what happens. We, we, um, we're all adults in here. Um, there's a, at conception, the seed is in the woman, and then she becomes pregnant, and she carries the baby, but the baby's alive, but it's not outside the, the, the belly. It's inside the belly, and it's growing, but it has not given, given birth. Sometimes we have conception about who Jesus is, and the baby is growing inside the belly, but it has not been born. It's not been born. So you've been dating, you've been, it's been incubating, but it has not been born because here's the deal. Jesus is experiential. And when Jesus is experiential, you do, something happens on the inside and he's Lord. Something happens and you become a follower of Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus when I was eight years old. I got baptized. Guess what? I didn't live for Jesus. I, I thought... I was a follower, but I must remind you that even the demons believe in Jesus. It takes more than that. Well, if I need to be saved, just come into my heart. No, my heart is evil. My mind is messed up. These things that I'm thinking are not of you. I need you to come in into my life. I'm just going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave it right there. I need you to contemplate that. I need you to contemplate that for a second. The people that 
you are around sometimes will lower the standard of who Jesus is. And Jesus didn't come to lower the standard. My scripture says that he came to raise the standard. And so I, I, I challenge you this year in your friendships, they, we have assets and liabilities. If they're a liability, it's time to make some different arrangements. If they're not adding to and building you up, that means they're taking you apart. They are an agent of the enemy. But don't worry, they can be saved too. But it does say that bad company corrupts good character. I'm just asking for you to take an assessment of why your ember, your flame is now an ember. And what's pulling away? What's pulling your fire? What, what happened when you first came and you were so on fire and now all of a sudden you're a smolding ember and everyone's out there trying to, trying to get you going. You're like, I don't want to go to chapel. They're just going to be talking about Jesus. Jesus saved my life. He saved me from myself. When I couldn't do life, when I didn't like myself, when I didn't love myself, he loved me. And he was faithful, even when I was unfaithful. So I'm just asking, consider your relationship with the king. With the king. <laughs> I want to close with my last point. My last point is him or the world. It's him or the world. Put 2021 before you and filter it through these words. He's a good father. Can you say that with me? He's a good father. Say it again. Do you believe that? The word of the Lord says that he's immutable. He changes not. That means that his character doesn't change. He is still a good father. And though we watch 2021 be destructive and, and, and take away some people that we loved, he's still a good father. It doesn't change who he is. Matter of fact, there's a couple scriptures that say that. It says in Psalm 107, verse 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. In 2 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It says in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that we are, and that's who we are. Psalms 103, verse 13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He's a good father. But he's asking you to make a choice. He's not going to choose for you because you have free will. I'm asking you, as we start 2022 in this environment, you have the ability to shift the atmosphere of this university. You really do. If you know who you are and whose you are, 
you have the ability to walk into this room. I hear you. He said, the scripture says where two or more are gathered, he's in the midst. So if I'm looking at all of you who are gathered in the name of Jesus, the fire should be burning so hot that everybody should be experiencing him. So let me do a sports analogy for you. When we are on a team and we don't go to practice, what happens? We probably are going to lose. This is a corporate setting. And corporately, we are worshiping one, uh, one G- King Jesus, this university. But if I go home and I don't steward my individual time with Jesus well, then really I'm not an asset to this I'm just taking away corporate gathering. I'm not, I'm not adding anything to it. I'm just withdrawing. But when we come together and I steward my individual time with King Jesus well, I'm coming with my, my stuff. And when this brother over here says, man, I'm hurting here, the Lord says, give him this word. And so I bring a word from straight from the throne room to you and says, the Lord says. And all of a sudden, something quickens in your spirit. And then the next person, and you come with your back, say, I've been praying all week long, Lord. I've been waiting for chapel all week long. And when I get to chapel, all of a sudden, I'm excited because all the rest of the people have stewarded their time well. And all of a sudden, there's a flame burning in here and not just embers. You have the ability to shift the atmosphere of this university. I want to know what you're going to do. I want to know what you're going to do. The Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. He begins to shift when my spirit begins to take hold of what he said. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. And all of a sudden, something starts to rise in the inside of me. Wait a minute. What I fear, I'm worshiping. What are you fearing right now? Take a hard check. The scripture comes to mind to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. He loves his children. He does. He loves this church. First John chapter 12 says he gives authority for us to become sons and daughters. And all of a sudden, I remember that the scriptures says the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. I need you to think about something as I finish this. The scripture says the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. The church isn't here and the gates of hell are pushing towards us. We are the church standing at the gate and kicking the door in of the gates of hell. It's not overcome, it's overthrow. Some of your friends that we are talking about right now are behind those gates. You know, there's substance abuse involved. There's places in their minds where they're lost. And they're asking, the, the heavens, heavens is asking, command the kingdom to come near so that they can get free. Command the kingdom to come near so that they can get free. When will you see who you are in Christ? Kick the doors in and 
drag your friends out of captivity. I know. You're like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm trying to process this. Don't worry. Go back and watch it a couple of times. The Lord wants you to go from overcome to overthrow. And the only way you're going to do that is to go back to your base scripture. No, you will not be shaken by what you see. And that you know that he's a good father and he has a plan. And whatever you're seeing right now is not a surprise to him. Hmm. You guys are led by the Spirit? That's a question. Are you led by the Spirit? Yes? Are you led by the Spirit? Let me close. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel like I've told them what you've told me to tell them. And Lord, I, I know, I know that there are some that are embers and not fires, God, and you want to give them an opportunity to be ignited. And Lord, I know that there's some in here wondering, what, who is this Jesus that you're talking about? I want to know him like that. And so, Lord, we want to give them an opportunity. And so with that, Lord, I pray that as you speak to their hearts, Father, they'll be listening. Look at me. The time is 1042. We have eight minutes. If the Lord has been speaking to you, and I have um, 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 the chaplain and um, the assistant and, and, and Jesse here, I, if the Lord has been speaking to you, you've got eight minutes, one on the count of three, and the Lord's been speaking to you about any one of those things, and you want the fire, you want the fire to, to, to walk into this year, I want you to come down. I want you to come down to the front, and uh, we, will, um, we will lay hands on each one of you who come down. And if that's you who don't know Christ Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity for that. The enemy wants you to stay in your seat. The Holy Spirit wants you to come and affect what's happening right now. Thank you, man of God. Is there another? Come up. Can you guys come? Is there another? Hey, there's some earth shakers, some earth movers, some building builders, and some flame throwers. The Lord is saying now, now is the day of your salvation. Now is the day of your salvation. Amen. So, Father, these men and women of God who have made choices for you, God, let this be the day of their salvation. Let this be the day that fires blaze in their hearts, Lord. Their hearts, God. They want to be the changers, Lord, earth changers. They want to be a demonstration of your power walking here on the earth. You said, Father, if we confess you before men, confess us before the Father, Lord. Each one of them wants a piece of you, Lord. And Lord, you give of yourself liberally. And so, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. I want to come down. You can mute my mic but I want to lay hands on them. And hey, it's not too late. It's not too late. Amen. Father in heaven, I continue the prayer. I continue the prayer for each and every one of these young men and women that have joined us here, for each and every one that's still in this room, Lord. You are 
bigger than we could ever imagine. And Ephesians chapter 3 talks about how you can do more than we would ever think to even ask, which blows my mind with how big you must be, God. So thank you uh, for the individuals that have come forward. Thank you for those that are still sitting in their seats, Lord. Uh, We believe that you are at work in each and every single one of our lives in our own unique ways and our own unique stories. I'm so grateful for Pastor Stephen and the ministry that you've given him both broadly and then specifically to be here today with us, to give this word about being uh, on offense, not on defense, to fan back into flame by the power of the Spirit, uh, the ember that may just be dwindling there. I've experienced that in my own life. May you fan it back into flame, uh, Father God, so that it would be a fire and not an ember, Lord. And we want to choose you, not the world. That's so hard to do. We want to choose you, not the world, Lord. Help us to do that. Help these young men and women to do that, Lord. Uh, it's not an accident that they stepped forward today. It's not incidental. It's it's providential that they stepped forward today, Lord, into this space. And you are working again in every single one of us, those down front, those in our seats, those in the balcony, those who are a part of our warrior family that uh, we're, not, we're not able to gather with us today, Lord. You are doing something in this place, and we are grateful for that. We love you for that, God. I pray for each and every single individual here. The amazing thing about who you are is that uh, even though there's so many of us, you meet us where we're at. You know us, Lord. You've known us since we were being knit together and grown together in our mother's womb, and that you have laid out a pathway for our lives, Lord. So may we surrender down our own lives. May we surrender down our own desires and our own uh, fears and failures. May we lay it all down at the foot of the cross and give ourselves over to Christ in us and walk out that path so that we may go on the offensive, so that we may uh, be part of uh, the church that is charging and breaking down the gates of hell, so that we may have an unquenchable flame and fire that is uh, within us, not an ember that is about to go out, but a fire that that roars, Lord, and takes over. May we uh, choose you and not the world and not our own flesh or the devil, but choose you, God. I pray that for myself, for Pastor Stephen, for Jesse, for Stephanie, for all of the staff and faculty, and most of all for these students, Lord. Thank you for who they are. Uh, What a gift it is to have a few minutes here uh, to pray in chapel. We need to do more praying in chapel, Lord, so thank you uh, for those that are here down front. Thank you for those that are are still seated, Lord, and thank you uh, for who you are and what you do. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give Pastor Stephen a huge round of applause.